0: This is the atu2.com podcast for January 25th, 2020, talking all things U2, including new album news, tour dates, and community discussions from the staff of At U2. I'm your host, Colin Souter, and on this episode, we've got Sherry Lawrence and Ian Ryan to talk about the current state of the U2.com fan club. Before we jump into the discussion, I want to let you know that you can find links to items we discuss in this podcast at or in this episode at www.goodstuff.fm slash at you two slash one zero two. And if you're not already subscribed to the at 2 podcast, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you currently listen to podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Beanies R Us. When you need a black beanie, we're the ones you think of off the top of your head. Welcome, Ian and Sherry.
1: Greetings, fellow Zootopians. How are you today?
0: Very well. So we're we're here to discuss the uh, state of the u2.com fan club, uh, how the u two fan club has progressed or <laughs> regressed uh, over the, the, the decades and you know what value there is in having the fan club. And this started with Sherry's OTR article that appeared on at U2.com this week. Uh, where basically Sherry you, you you you've always been very vocal about the fan club and you're you're very you're the authority in my opinion on the business side of you too and you know uh you're you're the expert on the ticket sales and you know how really how much money the the band has made off the tours and and all this other stuff and so but and and you haven't written anything in a while for us and and I'm wondering uh you know just what was it that prompted this article initially
1: well i have a deep 30 plus year passion for u2.com and and the fan club in general going back to the propaganda days um, it was my social connection to people globally who shared the same uh, passion for this band. And it's where I found uh, uh, a considerable amount of my friends who I'm still friends with today. Uh, My first pen pal in the grapevine section was um, um, Andy from Scotland, and I'm still very much in touch with him. Um, And so, uh, you know, I, I, I felt a connection from day one through their fan club. And I also appreciated the content back in the day where, you know, you wouldn't find stuff out in Q or enemy or, uh, rolling stone. You would find it out in their fan club, um, uh, magazine, which they advertised as it being quarterly. You were lucky if you got one a year, but we didn't care. I, I mean, it was the eighties and nineties, you know, uh, hmm. Internet wasn't what it was. So over the years, as we've seen it grow and change and morph and transform and then go online, uh, it started to turn into something slightly different. And the bulk of the frustration with a fan club always surrounded the whole notion of concert tickets. And so when the the first year that this fan club went online was in 2004 – Ahead of the Vertigo tour ticket sales that started in 2005, and it's well documented. And I can send you the link for the show notes that um, that you know some unscrupulous person figured out how to uh, uh, trick the online sale, and the use of the bots were were done during the fan club pre-sales and fans were shut out of tickets for a good chunk of the Vertigo tour, which. Uh, necessitated a uh, FOAD uh, uh, letter from Larry and a whole variety of other things. And um, the fan club from day one going online has never quite recovered from that. Um, once you 2 switched management from Paul McGinnis and the fine folks at principal management over to Guy Osiri and the folks over at Maverick, which is uh, uh uh, a subsidiary of live nation entertainment it turned into a corporate entity where once you got behind the the paid firewall that is supposed to be the fan club and f- over the past uh you know 12 14 months there's been less and less subscriber content um, in my quick research, 2018, there were 23 subscriber content pieces, the majority of which were not directly band related. They were stories about fans or other artists or musicians who are going to see you two for the first time, or, you know, the fan background stories or stuff like that. And in 2019, there were two. And then just at the, uh, um, on Wednesday of this past week, the 22nd, number three showed up, which was a playlist from Dave Fanning. So my frustration with the corporateness of the fan club, I am subscribing to U2.com, not lawrence.com, not IanRyan.com. I am subscribing to u and I want news and views from the band themselves or, um, or something either from the band directly or directly about the band. I, I, I'm I at this point where if I'm paying $40 a year to resubscribe or $50 a year to become a new subscriber to a band's fan club, wouldn't it be common sense that you would want to get news and information about the band that was exclusive to the fan club? And what the website has really turned into uh, is their official way – to send out official statements. So when something happens, they will point people to say, look at the band's official statement on u2.com. Or, you know, this is how the band is combating climate change. But that's not behind the firewall. That's in front of the firewall, which means that it's all PR. So what really makes that $40 or $50 subscription price worth that value? And what you have behind the scenes is basically, ma- you know, the special content, the paid uh, um, subscriber Zootopia boards, which there are free boards as well, um, and access to music, which quite frankly, you can get anywhere uh, fine music is streamed nowadays. So I, over the past 12 months, just just seeing how that website was being used, I just grew more and more frustrated that I just wasn't seeing value for my dollar. So, you know, subsequently after that OTR published, 48 hours later, YouTube.com announced the uh, 2020 subscription uh, a package that, um, and I know that we're going to talk about gifts in a little while, is a good value, but is it... Is it enough? Uh, uh, you know, what does the next twelve months of that subscription look like? And uh, I'm just growing increasingly frustrated that it's that it's just a corporate entity uh, milking fans for every dollar that they have because they have a passion for their particular musical artist. So that's where. Uh, I came from and and after taking a year of sabbatical for personal reasons, I didn't want this to be my first article coming back, but I just felt so passionately that something had to change, something had to be said. And the Twitter feedback that came from it was uh, pretty much across the board. And I think I had like four continents um, represented in... Uh, in reaction uh, was pretty much 100% um, spot on Sherry. So I I feel like um, I'm lending a voice to the fan club population who feel like uh, I want my old fan club back. I want the band to, to know that we want to hear from them. And why why are they being so quiet about it? Why are they not wanting to let their fans in on, you know, what's going on or, or an aspect of their life or, you know, something like what we had back in the propaganda days. It's, I don't think it's a big ask because they're asking us to fork over good money, uh, for mm-hmm. access to a fan club. And what does a fan club really mean in the year 2020? Um, so I think that that also needs uh, defining at this stage.
0: Yeah, and and I think I'm I'm glad you brought up propaganda and what that time was like as a U2 fan because there was something you know you got a magazine, you got something tactile and, and something you can you can you know touch and leaf through, and and you knew that what you were getting, the the people you were meeting were genuine fans uh, because they subscribed to this you know, magazine as well because they love the band and I'm um, online. I'm not sure you can really, you know, uh, filter people as well. I, I started subscribing to propaganda in the mid nineties when they announced melon was going to be a fan club gift because I wanted more U2 music. And that was like the incentive to get me to, you know, finally get a propaganda subscription so I can get that CD. And I was very happy to get that CD. It was thrilling. Um, but I, uh, it, it'll be interesting to kind of go through all the fan club gifts uh, that have come out uh, since u2 dot com came around. Um, I mean, I remember the first one was a keychain, and yeah, uh, that, that was, was like adding chain. insult to injury. That was not a keychain; that was a
2: slab of metal. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. and I never got mine. But, uh, <laughs> but the
1: history about that metal.
2: Yeah. Now I oh. got
1: both a metal one. And my husband got a plastic one once they ran out of the metal ones. And the whole whole reason why those were shipped out was so that if you had general admission for the 2005 tour, you could show your membership card and get to line up in a fan club only GA line. (laughs) That was the whole idea behind you are a card carrying (laughs) member of our fan club. But Which the made it I, very difficult to get through airport security. Let me tell uh, you,
2: the shows I went to that was never actually implemented. No, um,
1: no, it wasn't because in no. San Diego, where the where the tour began, yeah. the security guards had no idea about that. So no, I they, whipped they out had no
2: idea what it. They was. had no it's idea. Like, yeah, so, yeah.
1: so I printed out the email and all the information about it. I had both cards on me, head of security took that information, took both my cards, photocopied them, spoke with various different other security people and the local security, and that worked out for only one show, opening night. After that, they ditched that entire idea because it upset so many people. What do you mean these fan club people are cutting in line? Because as you know, GA lines, God help you if you cut in front of somebody. Uh-huh. So uh, that lasted one night and one night only.
2: <laughs> so I understand that we're running the risk of um, nursing over past wounds a bit too much, but I'm still going to nurse over one past wound a bit too much. Mm-hmm. So I got into U2 around All That You Can't Leave Behind. I kind of got in and around POP, and then um, All that You Can't Leave Behind is where I really got into it. And so the All that You Can't Leave Behind tour, um, Elevation, where you just had to send in a form with the shows that you wanted. And the tickets that you wanted was super smooth. And so when they did introduce the fan club online, um, that initial presale was so bad. It was so bad. And uh, part of it was that it was a new process and that new processes take figuring out. Um, there's always bugs that need to be worked out. Part of it was that... Uh, Edge's family had a health situation, which is completely understandable as a reason to like postpone something or like not be able to announce news. Um, a individual's health situation should always take precedence over just a tour. Uh, 100%. The issue was that you two did not issue any communication about why they were delaying things. Um, everyone had paid their money, everyone had bought into this new online system um and then there was just no communication afterwards uh and that just kind of set everything off on a bad note and that bad note has continued with the site um just going forward um I think the site has gotten better as far as what it offers uh, to fans who pay. I think the content of the site has diminished a lot. And, um, it, when I, uh, with, with the newest release, um, the Experience and Innocence Tour DVD, uh, I think that's really awesome. I think that's a really cool gift. But at the same time, I never go to U2.com anymore. I just don't do it because there's nothing there. It's a wasteland. Um, And it's... They need to justify what we're paying for, as Sherry said. Um, I'm happy to have this DVD and I'm happy to pay for it. But at the same time, if they're going to present this as a full package, they need to justify it.
0: Now we've mentioned that this is a DVD of the show of the Berlin show, which they, they played half of on on new year's Eve. They played the second half of the mm-hmm. show, um, which, which must, I mean, if you're just a casual fan watching the concert, you must be baffled by some of the stuff going up on stage. If you don't see the first half of no the show, context. but anyway, no
2: context. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: No context. So, but anyway, uh, that's another issue. The, um, they're, they're, promoting this as an exclusive, you know, as a fan club exclusive. uh, But are, is it really going to be a fan club exclusive or is there a Blu-ray down the road too?
1: Well, according to uh, one of the latest issues of what was it record collector, there is going to be a DVD and Blu-ray release coming soon. So this throws a monkey wrench into the whole limited edition, exclusive, uh, uh, Promoting that youtube.com has been using for this particular release. I think that the only exclusive thing that we're going to see is that photo book uh, of pictures by um, uh, Ross, who is a member of the Stewart family, um, Allie's side of the family. Um, so I think that that booklet may be the the difference between what you get from the fan club, as well as it potentially not being a Blu-ray and what is, uh, released to find stores everywhere you, your DVDs are sold.
2: Yeah. The fact that this is coming out as a DVD rather than a Blu-ray, um, uh, for the fan club. Uh, yeah. Especially more than a digital download. Um, uh, it, there's just this like, I don't know. It it feels like it's tied to fifteen years ago. Um, it doesn't.
0: Yeah, for a band that yeah. for a band that you know is prides itself on being the latest and greatest in software, hardware, oh, and we'll, menswear. We'll talk about
2: that. We will um, we'll, we'll talk about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does feel backwards. Um, Sherry, you had an interesting point before we got off uh, on the air here um, about why it's a DVD and not a Blu-ray.
1: Yeah, I mean, it dawned on me. You have got a global fan base who is going to potentially buy into this uh, 2020 subscription package, there is no guarantee that uh, a good number of those people have a Blu-ray player in the same way that there's no guarantee that many of us nowadays even have a DVD player because we're streaming stuff now. Um, I had to take my DVD player out of storage and dust it off the other night. Um so, I'm thinking because it's going to such a global audience, they wanted to make the technology the easiest to um, to most. So, um, you know, a typical DVD you can play in a desktop computer that has a disc drive, or your PS4, or you know, but a lot of laptops no longer even have. Uh, um, CD drives in them, you know, so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is puzzling because we are so advanced now that everything seems to be streaming and everything is so streamlined that um, we may have a situation where people are going to get a DVD and they don't have anything to play it on in the same well, way people who got vinyl. Well, I don't own a record player. What am I going to do with this? You know what I mean?
2: Well, but, um, my current desktop doesn't have a DVD player. Uh doesn't have a CD player. Uh, my laptop doesn't. Um, it seems to me like the most sensible way to release this would be as a streaming option. I don't know how they would do that without um, some sort of copyright protection. But uh, if we're looking for the most accessible version of it, True. Uh, DVD sounds like 10 years ago. Plus... um if someone can afford forty to eighty bucks for a YouTube.com subscription, uh, they most likely can afford some sort of CD reader or DVD reader. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm always. I'm a as, as a as a film geek. I'm a big advocate of hanging on to your physical media and you know keep that Blu-ray player around. I still have in my DataMax player. <laughs> well, OK. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, I, I, I'm i getting on my soapbox about streaming and I love streaming. I got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of subscriptions, but it's getting to the point where it's like what I'm, I'm paying like 50, 60 dollars a month in, in streaming bills every, you know, and uh, but. The thing is, like, nobody can take away my, my Blu-rays or my DVDs. But that's stuff that's streaming, that can go but anytime. here's the, the difference, studios though. For, can take that stuff down anytime. Here's the difference. And they do. For
1: the vinyls and for the CDs, for the most part, YouTube.com allowed you to do a digital download of the tracks. Yeah. So to save on cost, save on production – save on shipping, save on the fact that you're probably going to get the address wrong through Live Nation. Don't even get me started on that. Oh, Why think- not just just allow the 4.7 gigabyte download or whatever it is of the DVD?
2: Why yeah. not just distribute
1: yeah, and- it as a digital download?
2: And Live Nation is very, very special in that they can deliver no releases to one address and two releases to another address they're very special
0: in that way and just wait till the uh you know the region thing kicks in you know (laughs) what do you mean i got one region two (laughs) i mean i mean ntsc
1: what's going on with this
0: right yeah and i that's going to cause a lot of headaches as well so let's, let's go back and look let's talk a little bit about past u2.com uh, gifts, what, what was the first one under the website, besides the keychain? We already talked about that, but like the first one that had actual content. Uh, that was, was
2: the- u2.communication and it had some uh, wallpapers for Windows devices, no Apple devices, thank you U2. Um, and it had some, I think it had an exclusive video of Vertigo from one of the Milan concerts. Uh, from the Virgo Tour, and it had a couple other videos. Uh, It was a CD. This was right around the time when I was getting heavy into U2. Um, And at the time, I really loved it. Uh, I really loved the uh, screensavers they provided. Like I'm kind of irritated with you two that they haven't maintained this, their screensavers. Um, just because mm. watching the miracle drug, like DNA sequences swirl across the screen was so cool. Or the city of blinding lights, shimmering lights coming down screensaver. It was just so good. Um, on the other hand, they had audio attached to the screensavers, and so you'd just be sitting around and you'd all of a sudden hear this, hello, hello, I'm at a place called, where the <laughs> hell is that noise? Oh, it's the screensaver. Um, but it, it felt like they were trying. Um, it, it was them sounding it out, figuring out what worked and what didn't, but it at least felt ambitious, which is something that, their releases did not feel for like the next five years. Right, so is that
0: where Duels comes in? And, yeah, Duels um, was just, I, and...
2: it was just I don't, do we have to bleep things on this podcast? Mm, Can I say mm, half-assed? right, Sure. Duels was so half-assed. They just took a bunch of things that were already very widely released gathered them all together. There was no framing about it. There was no like it didn't feel like the playlist had any context. it was just a group of things where you two performed with someone else Ooh.
0: um yeah and, and I be, and the clip art i mean it, that, that's oh, it was the, the cover was it like was clip art bad. it was like so yeah. lazy it, it was so <laughs> half-assed. yeah, and then I believe there was a there was a t shirt that was a gift once that's uh, not a gift. For the you two go home yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> uh and then uh they did the Zoo TV live from Sydney as a CD set and then uh, i think that the, the U2 go home i think was also a seed, uh double yeah. CD and set as I, well i so. was
2: happy to get like the uh U2 go home and the Zoo TV audio tracks where it, they were easily rippable and i could easily convert them to audio files that i could listen to wherever i wanted um but at the same time uh i mean Who the heck wants a metal keychain? The one thing I did with that keychain was (laughs) shove it into Edge's hands, have him sign it, and then it's just been dumped in my U2 uh, uh, Tupperware box ever since. So
1: because he signed it, does that mean that 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 makes him a card-carrying member of his own band's fan club?
2: Potentially, yes. Potentially. Potentially. Yes, yes, yes.
0: (laughs) Didn't... uh... I want to say when that keychain was the the big topic of controversy at this site, I believe uh, Answer Man wrote a song parody to A Man and a Woman, called it A Man and a Keychain. And to this day, I cannot listen to that song without thinking of it because the keychain was so (laughs) sharp on the edges that if you put it in your pocket, you're
2: uh, in danger of emasculating. Or on a
1: hot uh, summer day, branding yourself officially.
2: It was a chunk. Yeah. It was a slab of metal. It wasn't like something yeah. thin, easily pocketable. It was something you had to, like, think about how you were going to use. Uh, yeah, it. I, I just yeah, don't know me, what they it, were thinking.
0: For me, it, it, the fan club stuff didn't get exciting until they did the. Um, uh, uh, what was it called? The rare remastered uh thing, um, rare
1: uh, remastered
0: was- oh. and remixes.
1: Yeah, that was in two thousand nine. Yeah. Uh,
0: Right, right, right. And, uh, and I, because I, some of those songs, like, I didn't have in physical form. I know they were available through the, uh, iPod sale where you can get the whole U2 catalog and they threw in those, like, nine extra songs that were, like, demos and alternate versions. But I didn't have those on an official disc and I really liked that. And I think that's what got me back into subscribing to U2. Um, because there was, you know, more official like content that I couldn't get anywhere else. But
2: what irritated me about that release was that when it was uh, sold through the um, complete U two catalog through iTunes, um, it was advertised as a complete U two release only. Um, what, well, that, that's a separate but issue that, well, than but what I'm they, talking about. when but. they made it available through the fan club, it's. Um, I was, you I mean was happy CD? to get it, and it was much higher quality than what they released through the, um, Complete U2 release, because all of that was like, uh, yeah. 150 BPS, and that's pretty low quality audio. Um, so I was much happier to get CD quality audio. But at the same time, they had advertised the Complete U2 as being the only place to find these songs, and, um, it, It wasn't that I wasn't happy to get the tracks. It was just that they felt like they had... um, I shouldn't say they felt. It felt... I felt like they had lied about what they released with the Complete U2. Um, If they're going to market the Complete U2 as... This is the only place where you can get these tracks. um, Stick with it. For good or for ill. Uh, Don't say that. And then a couple years later, release these tracks as much better quality... Um, own what you do.
1: But to be fair, though, the complete U2 is only available through iTunes. It came with the U2 iPod, um, which came out in 2005. Um, I don't think you could get that uh and and be able to get the tracks to play on on anything other than the iPod. But I'm I'm I might be wrong on that.
2: No, you're right. You're right. Uh the tracks could be converted to other file types, but natively they could only be played on Apple devices. But still, that is what they had marketed and that is what they had sold. Um and I don't think they should have done it that way, but that's how they did it. And uh it just it just felt cheap to me um if you say you are going to do something and this is how you market it do it especially if you're a band like you2 where like i mean ah uh, i know they're such a corporate band at this point but i still want to believe in them and um if they say they're going to do something and this is the way it is um do it
0: what do you guys think of the more recent stuff uh that's come out of the fan club lately i mean we've had uh, a bunch of vinyl releases come out with the the Joshua Tree tour and then they redid the uh U2 3D uh rattle and hum single i don't know i i'm not sure i i think i like the packaging of the Joshua Tree stuff more than i like the content i mean just the content just kind of feels you know uh a little on the lazy side, but I love the way i, I love what they sense so, like physically so question um, do you have yeah. a turntable i yes and no <laughs> I do have one I don't know why it's not working right now uh or why my receiver is not picking up a signal from it it's really frustrating I'm sort of at a at a in between uh spot with turntables right now, but I know there's a lot of vinyl freaks out there who uh you know this is definitely. Uh, caters, But I work, think that so. that's a
1: small percentage of the people who would be members of the fan club. I see the vinyl as their attempt to give a value-for-your-dollar type of gift because, I mean, the last time I uh, uh, bought a 180-gram vinyl, it cost me almost $30. So oh. I, I, I saw that as their way to you know will give you almost the the same value as your online uh, subscription price but for those reasons you know who has a turntable um they're sending me something once again i cannot play my um uh, my daughter before i went out and uh, uh uh purchased a turntable um i should have held on to mine from the 80s but you know cds became all the rage um Looked at it and said, um, What's this? And where do you play this? <laughs> so <laughs> I had to introduce her to, Well, honey, um, there's this thing called vinyl. <laughs> and uh, audiophiles think it's the best thing ever. And here's <laughs> why you can hear every crackle. And the heavier the vinyl, the better the sound. That's why it costs so much. And keep it away from the heat and sunlight. So, They're like Dracula, you know, so, they'll suck you dry and in the sun they'll melt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um what i think they want to do with the vinyl releases is, is give you something tactile something you can hold on to something physical that you can like still put up um and this is what frustrates going back to the uh experience and innocence release um if they want to be modern if they want to be current Uh, Why don't they just make a streaming or downloading option that is available to anyone who has a smart device, has a computer, who has a tablet? Um, Because for better or for ill, those are the spaces where we consume. uh, I shouldn't say everyone consumes, but the people who can afford a YouTube.com membership consume a lot of their media. Um, And I understand it's... They want to live in this kind of quasi-current, quasi-past state where they can exist with physical media, where they can just send out a vinyl release and you can hold it, you can open it, you can go like, ooh, look at that color of that re-release. Pop vinyl, it's orange. Um, But at the same time, uh, they, they set up their reputation after the 80s as being this really tech focused um technology ambitious band and they're just trying to have their cake and eat it too and it puts them in a very awkward situation
0: yeah it's sort of like i mean those words that bono sang in god part two i can glorify the past till the future dries up are coming back to haunt. hunt they've band been right haunting
2: now. this band for 10 or 15 years <laughs> a now. long time yeah.
0: yeah so where do you guys see this
2: going forward
0: with the fan club and the releases, do you do you think uh, that there's I mean obviously there's so much room for improvement, but do you think it'll just stay like this for you know in interminably or there are too what do you many think?
1: hands in the pot right now. Um, as I pointed out in um, in my OTR column, because they are an entity of Live Nation entertainment, they are an entity of Universal Music Group. <laughs> They do not have the type of um, of uh, freedom that they once had, that they are now bound by some corporate legalities and red tape and 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 whole slew of different things that they need to be more forward thinking and be uh, have their hands in the mire of their fan club. As much as they can. Um, I think I I put in the column that they have entrusted one of their most valuable assets, their fan base, to this corporate entity. So, as such, um, you know, you want the fan uh, uh, gift if they're going to continue giving a gift, because there's no guarantee that they're going to continue to send out gifts. So that unto itself is a possibility for the future. If people keep crabbing and the gift isn't working to get people to resubscribe, they may just do away with it altogether. Live nation could say, look, um, this isn't making our bottom line any richer. Why are we doing this? Um, So, I mean, I mean, that's like worst case scenario, but if you look at what, is coming down the pike, at least for 2020, they gave us a, a recent show from their most current album, from their, uh, uh, from something that was, you know, within the past, you know, year or so, give or take. It could have been, and I'm just throwing this out there. 2020 is the 20th anniversary of all that you can't leave behind. They could have done a oh, retrospective. No. Is it, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah! It came out in oh, 2000. Oh, Did I just oh, make you feel old, there, old man Ian? Oh, oh, so oh, oh. they could have sent to the fan club something that was oh. 20 years ago. Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, like a kindergarten version of that album or something like that. They could be looking at you know 2021 is the 30th anniversary of Octung Babies release. So if you're looking at what the 2021 gift is, and I know we're just talking 2020, you know, if if they're focusing on a 30th anniversary of Octung Baby with a anniversary tour in 2022 of Zoo TV, we're not going to get like recent material coming up in the next few years if the crystal ball, you know, looks like that. They could go back to retrospectives. And I don't know if the fan base would like that. What would be nice is to survey the fans. What do you want? Um, if you're a paid member of U2.com, what are your thoughts? I think that the people who are running the website kind of have an idea. Um, they're not gonna like what they hear, but at least ask what gift would you like for, for 2021? If we were to send out a CD, do a digital download, send a book, do a DVD, send out vinyl, something different. What would the majority of the people like to see? No guarantees that this is going to happen, mind you, but just to get a good sense of what is it your fan community would like if you're going to send them a gift? But, you know, uh, if I'm paying for it, technically, what do you want to see? So, my question would be
2: to that when you say, if you don't, if you want, the fan club releases to be cautious about uh, looking to the past. Um, how would that be different? About I mean, against what they've already released, they've done another time, another place, which was a past right. release. They've done uh, from the ground up, which is a res- retrospective about the previous tour. They've done duels, which was a look back at past collaborations.
1: But at least- from the ground up, that was from the most recent tour.
2: It was relatively recent, but I mean, it was still right. looking back. It wasn't looking forward. They did right. media where another
1: time, another place, yeah. looking at the context of it, and North Side Story, looking at the context of it, uh-huh. that was around Songs of Innocence. They were trying to get you back to 1976, back to the- uh, uh, um, Back to you know the early stages of the band's career in Northside Story. Try to give give you the um, the background that the album was pulling from. And then another time, another place was a show from 1980. To you know these were our innocent days. So so in a way they tied to what the current project was, even though they were. Uh, more retrospective, but Songs of Innocence and the whole Innocence tour of 2015 was also so retrospective.
2: But uh, it still feels like marketing. It feels like Of course Uh, it's
1: marketing. All this this is marketing. The whole fan club is marketing to a
2: degree. But I would like it to be marketing that is looking forward, not looking backwards. I mean, if we look at the next few releases, Medium Rare and Remastered, that's got just different versions of songs for the past couple decades. Then we go to you 2 Home, which came out uh, a couple years after the video was released. Then we go to Zoo2Live, which came out 20 years after uh, Zoo TV from Sydney came out, um, it's all just been reframing things from the
1: past. So Um, would you want them to send out something like Songs of Ascent, which would be something that only the diehard fans would really appreciate, you know, 14 tracks based on... The biblical teachings type of deal Uh,
2: the diehard fans are going to be the only people subscribing to the website at this point and
1: the diehard fans would probably be the only ones who would purchase such a such a thing yeah um Uh, you know like the
2: most current release i think they've done with the fan club is artificial horizon and they released that within the time frame of no line on the horizon and it was remixes of those songs um I think that was the most justifiable current release they did. It was also one of the worst. Um, I don't want them to look at the past. I don't want them to look at the present.
1: Uh, So would you have uh, better appreciated it if it was um, 12-inch vinyl of the six Ahizma? Uh, remixes because that don't was you the
2: most. That, don't you put that on me? Don't you put that on me? Don't <laughs> you dare! Gonna... Don't you dare! <laughs> You're making I, think, I think Sherry just. Uh, <laughs> I think Sherry just successfully
0: predicted Uh-oh. the next record store day release. On
2: quiet, quiet. quiet yeah. on. <laughs> uh, there it is. Oh, I'm so sad. Uh, I'm going to pay forty dollars for it. Oh. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, like, I that I getting back to the anniversary of all that you can't leave behind. I think that's probably going to manifest itself in the record store day release in some
2: in some. No, form. they are going to find um, a gray vinyl color that they will re-release that on for November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And they're going to charge <laughs> yeah, that, thirty-three dollars for it for the J thirty-three.
2: Yeah, and they're not even going to include a digital download code with it at this point now
1: we're calling it now universal music group that's oh. what we're expecting for the uh, black friday record store day i'm calling uh, it now
2: oh, oh. Mm-hmm.
1: we have absolutely no guarantee on any of that that's all rumor that we're starting right here yep. right now
2: i, I wish yep. i'd
0: yep. never we're joined
2: just- this podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're feeling old. No, you're, feeling not, uh, no. you're feeling dejected. No, you're feeling you no, came no. into this with such high spirits. I'm feeling
2: like the group that I enjoy the most uh, is just half-assing it. Oh, I thought you meant no. us.
1: Um, like I came out of retirement <laughs> for I said, this. I said I love the most. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man
0: okay well how about this is there is there a band or artist out there that's doing all of this right is there a model like you two could learn from that you guys oh, know, can 100
2: so over the past two months and this is going to sound super super basic and uh i am happy to take any judgment that comes from it um the korean boy band the pop band uh bts um they deliver so much content uh they they're put so, so dreamy they put so much effort into their shows um their choreography uh just their performances um they're so good at what they do and they are so willing to engage with their with their fans um i confess i don't understand half the lyrics of their songs um which is a departure for me cuz i generally like to base how I appreciate a band on what I understand from their lyrics, but, uh, they're just so damn good at what they do. Uh, BTS should, uh, like completely be, uh, instructors for you two as to how to approach a modern fan base. 100%. Mm.
1: But do they have an official fan club? I mean, Uh, I see the official fan club army.
2: Yes, they are called the army. Um, and part of it is like, like they the can't, arm. as far as I know, they cannot play a single damn instrument. Um, and they're micromanaged <laughs> to the detail, but they're so damn good. Um, and when I see you two just like half assing it here and there, and I'm sorry I use that word again, but uh, 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 they have a true professionalism, and it's just been engrossing. Okay. Well,
1: I would, as I pointed out in um, OTR, Robbie Williams has something called um, vloggy, like like vloggy Williams type of deal, but he does little videos for his uh, paid fan club, uh, showing you know a day in the life or or um, um, hey just letting you know, I'm doing a Christmas album or, um, you know, it's, it's him speaking directly into a iPhone or, or, you know, into somebody's camera and, and just, Hey, it's me. Uh, here's, here's what my latest photo shoot was like. Um, Michael Buble does something very similar with his fan base. Um, you know, I I think that you can find other artists who are uh directly communicating with their fans uh through their fan club. Now, that being said, when the J Tree twenty nineteen tour was announced, YouTube took to Twitter, you know, answered some of the uh 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 fan tweets like for you to Australia or for, you know, all the folks who were down in that region and, you know, yeah, sure, it really is Bono, but then they posted a picture of them doing it. Um, You know, they are archaically trying to reach out in various different ways through social media or you get the dad jokes on, on Facebook or, you know, so on and so forth. But if you have a paid fan base behind a firewall, there's nothing stopping you. Um, and I mean, Edge did it and Bono did it back in 2018. Just to post, you know, a a little three minute video, you know, I'm in the back of a car. Here are my thoughts for the day or, you know, just something to, to engage, to give you that feeling like I'm, you know, I want to connect with you. There are so many layers to the U2 onion that there are times when I sincerely wonder how much do they really want to engage with the fans, and how many roadblocks are there in that onion in, in in not allowing them that access for whatever fear somebody may have, that somebody might say something that will be taken out of context or whatever. I mean, I, I, I just want to have that personal bit back, and uh, other artists are doing it. I don't know why you two are among, for lack of a better term, the dinosaurs that are too afraid to do it.
2: And part of that is they sold themselves as that for a while. Like, um, yeah. when All That You Can't Leave Behind came out, um, and it was leaked ahead of time and it was available for download, uh, Edge said he was so happy that that was just even happening. Um, Atomic Bomb came out as a pre release download, unofficial. Um, And I remember I was scurrying around all that day just to download it. Um, I remember when No Line on the Horizon came out uh, as an unofficial pre-release download. Um, This was a band that was so concerned about how they were viewing the future. This is a band who negotiated their... uh, Digital streaming and download rights in 1993. That's how forward thinking this band was about digital music and digital property rights. Um, that's where their headset was at. Uh, they asked uh, Philips TV to I give them a that. ton of monitors to use in their Zoo TV shows uh, because they recognized that like screens were where just everything was going to be consumed um they understood it all uh and they had the first number one single on itunes um stuck in a moment you can't get out of was the first number one single on itunes they had the only exclusive ipod um they and it's not that they were like just uh stoic over years and years um it felt like it was a decade where they went from uh red hill mining town oh let's fight for the workers to the zoo t v era where let's look at everything on screens and then um the uh, two thousand knots where um They got realistic about it, where it's just like, we need to make sure all of our content is available to download. We need to recognize that everything is available to stream. And then the 2010s, they just kind of vanished. Um, And right now it feels like they're back to, let's make everything tactile. Let's make everything on vinyl. Um, uh, I don't know what to make of it. They were such a tech-savvy band and they were so wise well, about what they did
1: were hanging around with back then i mean they were you know in the same circles as will gibson they um uh Bono interviewed will Gibson for i think it was details magazine or or or, or, or um, vice versa will Gibson interviewed bono or whatever it was a conversation that was in details magazine with the two of them they were part of the mit media lab uh of europe where they were you know getting all the latest technology that wasn't even going to be hitting anywhere um for for a while you know they were Taking the time and getting to know where everything was going to go, where that technology was going to go. Um, I mean, that being said, the 2015 and 20, um, 18 tours, as well as, you know, the big screen for JTree, that was, you know, out of the box uh, version number one of whatever that touring technology is. And they're still on top of that with the touring technology. We're just not seeing it going across the board. And I also think that that has something to do with the autonomy that they had with principal management versus being reeled in and being just one of many uh, and being treated as such under maverick and live nation
2: one big fish in a small pond uh Mm
1: -hmm. as opposed to uh uh you're now in a big pond get to know the other fishes
2: yep 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 um it's it it does feel like their interest in technology has focused on screen size and screen quality when they used to be so much more diverse
0: yeah, um, you guys said it all. I've just been sitting here listening. It's been kind of nice. Sorry.
2: <laughs> and, uh, no, 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 it's fine. Screen size totally fine. has got
1: nothing to do with anything else. I'm just saying. Just because they're <laughs> yeah. short men, screen size has got nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but it's the
2: quality of the clarity.
1: Oh,
2: it's so clear. It's so clear. <laughs> 8K, 8K.
0: I would, I, you know, I just, I want to hear, I want I want a studio version of North Star to be
2: released. That's all.
0: I'm, I'm just, that's, you know, that that's what I Why doing. the
2: heck was I, that? I'm, I'm asking, for, I'm, I'm no, starting small with my requests right why now. Why was that only in an <laughs> awful Transformers movie? I oh, mean, uh, God, no, I know. It, it's so annoying. You don't know the number of complaints I, mean, I have about that song only existing in a Transformers movie and oh, a I few concerts. Oh,
0: That's what, but that, that's, I mean, get, that gets back to sort of, you know, what, what would fans want, I think a big majority of them want you know original exclusive content um well, that used to exist once upon a time and like songs like North Star and all these other songs that they have that they've recorded that they've never ever released uh you know just be kind of cool to package some of the the best ones and and give them to the fans well, just to sort of tide us over during these uh you know drought years
2: but uh, um if my suspicion is that they are saving those tracks for after the band right. stops in one way or another, and they right. want to have a box set or something like that to yeah. release.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And
2: that's, that's good business practice. Um, I understand that. But at the same time, as a fan, it's annoying. Okay, well, you know
0: that. I mean? Let's just... You know, go out on on a high note because we are we, we, we well, are fans. It, it, I know this it sounds it, like this sounds like a a a, compla- a, a complaining session. So, um, Colin, but we wa- we love this band. We want the best for this band, and we are you know obviously diehard fans. So,
2: but we have yes, Colin Cherry. Yeah. Can I ask what is your favorite bonus release through the fan club?
0: I gotta say, I think, uh, from the ground up, the whole book CD thing, I thought that was a great package. I mean, it was a beautiful book. Uh, the CD had, you know, a lot of my, a lot of the tracks and live tracks I was hoping would be on it. And then the additional, uh, download with Edge's picks. I think that was just a download or or maybe as a separate C D as well. But uh I thought that was cool too, that you know, Edge I've actually put some thought into what he wanted to the, in this box set. It felt like something that the band really put together. Um and it was, you know, it's a beautiful thing. It had some heft, you know. Uh and it sounded great. So I think I think that one's my
1: favorite. Um, I am too school for cool. So uh I would have to go with North Side Story. I love mm. you know I've got a really good sized um, U2 library, and I just like having that reference material right there, and knowing where it came from, and and uh, and the focus on that stage of their career, which um, is uh, sometimes. Underreported. Um, I really appreciated that uh, on a personal level. I really loved the live songs of innocence and experience. Simply from a selfish standpoint, because I went to many of the shows that ended up making the final cut on on that. Mm-hmm. My only complaint about that mm-hmm. is the uh, way that everything fades in and out. You know, if it's a if you're putting together a compilation of live music, I know that it's not a truly a live album. But the constant fade-ins and fade-outs kind of, uh, you know, ruin the mood a little bit. But
0: yeah, I think I think they put that that together with just streaming music in mind. You know, that people are just going to listen to one track at a time on this thing, and and in shuffle mode. And I don't know, like when I'm in when I when I listen to stuff in shuffle mode, and suddenly a live track comes on, and it's just all of a sudden. You know, without a fade in, uh, it kind of startles me a little bit, and I, I kind of like the fade in to that,
1: <laughs> but you know i I just think that you know if you want to end on a high note, the fact that they announced the gift before the first round of the resubscription cycle uh, was going to end, the fact that they made it before that deadline of people having to freak out. You know, I don't want to lose my legacy status, my legacy status. Um, You know, I think that the fact that they got it announced and forwarded all of our uh, uh, January 31st expiries to Feb 29 was incredibly generous, number one, um, to extend it by another month to give people the opportunity to uh, formally renew, but that they got that announcement out uh, expeditiously. Um, now, granted, it should have come out way before now, but at least <laughs> it came out before the end of the month. So I'm just happy enough for that. I'm happy that it's something that is a quality gift. It's it's not a T-shirt, you know. It's something that that has you know anywhere between a fifteen and twenty dollar value. Um, and uh, uh, my hope. And, and my wish is is that now for the next 12 months, they give us that behind the firewall content that gives us reason to to say this is a U2 fan club. We have U2 actually participating in it. And one last thing, the only thing that could make it even more limited edition, and you have the time to do this, Bono, because I know you've got nothing else better to do with your time, is to autograph each of those DVDs for the fan club as McFisto. Uh,
2: Oh yeah. Could you imagine with the horns, with the horns, dude, that'd be awesome. It would be.
1: I mean, doesn't have to come in and put it underneath everybody's pillow, but I think Mm -hmm. just, just giving it, (laughs) but he should, he should par excellence.
2: (laughs) Oh, uh, my favorite again was, um, edges picks. Um, It was just so big. The images in the book were so cool. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that tour and getting all those high quality recordings of that show. Uh, yeah, I was super happy with that. Um, I've been really happy with the lithographs that have come out recently. I've been really happy with the exclusive CDs that have come out recently. Um, Again, I'm questioning about the idea of releasing uh, this upcoming one on DVD rather than other formats. But I'm happy that they're doing it. Um, I've been it, waiting it, for a DVD for a long time, uh, but DVD is like 15 years ago, man. No,
0: I know, I know. But I mean, a you know, a video yeah, gift. Yeah, yeah. I guess, of some I kind. I, so, that... I mean, what
2: they could I have promo? released it on
1: LaserDisc. No, quiet, 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 quiet. <laughs>
2: uh, I have a LaserDisc. What am I? Oh God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of my fundamental issues with YouTube two right now, and I don't know if they actually have the technological, uh, capacity to, um, co- like do it. But, uh, so many of their products are released at like really low quality standards. Um, it's easy to like remaster songs at a higher bit rate, but, um, uh, try finding a YouTube release that's a like 720 P it's hard. Um, they like all, so many of their videos, their music videos, their concert videos, they just look like trash on modern displays. And I understand that there might be certain technological like limitations as to like what was recorded can be reproduced in a, at a certain bit rate. But, um, it's frustrating. Like, Pop Mart at 4K would look amazing. It would look so cool. But um, they either have chosen enough to do it or they don't have the technological capacity to do it based on what it was recorded originally. And it's so annoying. Um, I want to see mysterious ways from Pop Mart in 4K. I really really want
0: that yeah well the the latter is true it's the technological limitations of you know what it was recorded on versus the technology that we have right now uh i've tried it myself i've tried you know taking youtube videos that i've had that that are high quality that were made you know like the zoo tv tour Mm -hmm. i had the i had the zoo tv concert on laserdisc and um you know, and I've tried re-rendering it to you know like Blu-ray quality, and it doesn't really work but, uh, because it's just it, it doesn't it it doesn't add really much of anything to the to the picture
2: quality. But what we don't know that what they released for the LaserDisc release was the highest quality they actually had. That's one of the things that frustrates me. If they just came out and said, hey, uh, so we didn't think all this stuff would be so popular 30 years in the future, and so we didn't record it at a high quality, um, I could work with that. Uh, But like I said previously, they have always been such a forward, future-looking band. Um, If Indiana Jones can be released 40 years in the future in 4K, um, I don't know why I should not, I should fun. not, I should not be comparing you two to Indiana <laughs> Jones, but, um, assuming they were both recorded with similar recording instruments. Um, I don't understand what the difference is.
0: Well, they weren't, The uh, one was recorded with film. One was recorded on video and it's a different resolution. It's a different properties. It's totally different, uh, uh set of, of elements that they're working with, um, the video and film are two wildly different formats for for a variety of reasons, and that's just that's just uh, unfortunately that's that's they, you know they weren't thinking, nobody was thinking ahead to you know the two thousands two thousand tens with four K and and high def and all that stuff, and that was originally um,
1: broadcast on Showtime anyway back in ninety right. seven.
0: Yeah. Showtime or pay-per-view for Zoo TV. That was a pay-per-view mm-hmm. special first. Um, so I think they were working with the best of what was out there at that time. Unfortunately, the best of that time is nowhere near what we have now. And it can't really be, you know, uh, it can't, you can't force one format to become another if yeah. if the, the elements aren't there. Gotcha. Um, so it's just how it is um right. so let's, uh, let's i know not it lot. sucks but <laughs> um okay so ian where can people follow you or where where can people reach you? Uh, or, or i'm complaining so
2: frustrated yeah. with the fan club uh people probably should not follow me right now but um okay if they do want to follow me i'm at ian p ryan on twitter okay Sherry?
1: I think people know where to find me. <laughs> <And> I'm trying <laughs> to hide from others. Uh, oh, okay. You, can well, you got
0: 100%. Of, <laughs> didn't you? everybody love your article? Didn't you get like 100% go Sherry? Uh, uh, I thought you <laughs> said at the beginning.
1: I did. Uh, 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 one of my favorites was from um, uh, Bob... Bob Henderson, who said, "Was the timing this announcement released with a statement?" Quit your mm -hmm, Sherry. So um, yeah, so (laughs) so you can find me on Twitter at at u2.com Sherry. Um, You can also go to at u2.com staff contact and um, reach me there as well. But um, Twitter's where you'll find me the most.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, people can find me on Facebook, uh, Colin Suter. That's with two L's, S O U T E R. On Twitter you can find me at Colin underscore Suter, but I I rarely use that account anymore. So uh the one I'm using more is for my other podcast, Christmas Movies actually, and that handle is at Santa Film Pod. So oh, oh, oh. Um, either way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh if you wanna um contact us or you know uh hit us up on on twitter uh you can uh send us a message uh uh at you two, and uh maybe we'll read your remarks on the next episode whenever that will be and i know the episodes have been kind of few and far between lately but it's just uh, this is, you know that's how it goes sometimes so uh sherry and ian thank you so much for joining us
1: thanks for having us all right thank you all righty.